Opinions are like an asshole. Everyone has one. Our guest today has looked death head on twice, which has led him to an understanding that we are all living on borrowed time. Instead of wasting the most precious currency of life, which is time, he has decided to use those experiences to help others along the way. A faithful son, brother, father, and friend, as well as a proud member of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, Inc., I welcome you to grab your favorite drink, be it water, tea, coffee, wine, or beer, no judgment here. And let's dive into the Acumen's mindset of Tyree McLaughlin. First question for you today. So so tell us a little bit about you. Um, It could be from your childhood, more about your teenage years, but where are you from, born and raised, and what would be your five-minute elevator speech of your life? Oh, mm. So I was born in a little town called Lumberton, North Carolina. Um, 15 to, it's like, actually about 30 minutes outside of Fayetteville or something like that. But I was really raised in Raleigh. So I'm a, I'm a Raleigh raised boy. Um, my elevator speech, my elevator speech is simple and plain. Tyree McLaughlin, right now I'm 38 years old. The daughter, I have a daughter that's 12 year old, but I'm a father to many. Um, I really thrive on success. Mm. Um, anything and everything that I want to achieve, I will take and do whatever necessary to success to succeed. Um, late nights, early mornings, it doesn't matter. Whatever I want, whatever I want in life, I'm going to go get it. That's interesting. Um, I didn't know you were from born in Lumberton. I actually have family from Lumberton as well. Never been down there, but I know of people from my yeah. family down there on my mom's side. Cool. Yeah. And you said Raleigh. What part of Raleigh? So I was raised um, pretty much on the south side of Raleigh, uh, Davy Street, um, before we matriculated onto the north side. Uh, the funny thing about that is, I want to say about a month ago, two months ago, I did a, a trip down memory lane. I, mm-hmm. I drove by every place that we stayed from Davy Street to Raleigh North Apartments off of Raleigh Boulevard to um, behind St. Aug. So I just took a trip from where I really came from and to where I'm at. How did that feel? Because um, sometimes when we go down memory lane, and especially now that they've gentrified a lot of stuff down yeah. there. Um, so it's like a ghost town to us people who are from there. You're like, wait, that's not the corner store is not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, where you stay, did you have um, the smell of the dog food factory? Um not you, you don't smell it right there but if you if you drive a little further you will because it's not down with street yeah because uh, i remember telling you my father his grand his mother grandmother sorry stayed in chavis heights so yeah. that was one of the things i remember smelling because i had cousins later that stayed yep. there and i yep. used to be like how do y'all stay over here this is horrifying fun fact i learned how to swim in chavis heights swimming pool oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you could do that, you could swim anywhere then. Yeah. But going back to you, how does that feel comparison of now and then? Um, the, the crazy thing is you, you go through your steps on because you want to you want to remember where you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's really you. You can't never run from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then seeing five hundred thousand dollar homes in place of yeah. Martin Street grocery store and stuff like that, it's like you, I guess you really your history is being uprooted, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's it, it's good in a way because you know change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. However, the bad part is 
the environment you came from or the people that you grew up with or whatever case may be, they won't be able to afford such a living that's over there. Right. It's the house over there right now down the street from State Employees Credit Union, which is down the street from St. Mm Aug, that's going for every bit of $800,000, $900,000. But it also gives you the perspective of how much value we had sitting right there in our hands that later on someone recognizes and then capitalizes Mm -hmm. off of it. It's is 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 exactly what you said because we we don't look at what we had we, we don't value what we had let me put mm-hmm. that way. yeah but it's value in what we had because mm-hmm. everything that's built like from colleges to whatever the case may be they put it on a cheap piece of land mm-hmm. and now it grows value mm-hmm. so. one thing that people forget that land has value no matter how cheap it is at some point in time because you can't make land it land is land but you're going to have more and more people come so it's going to increase in value over time um and it's sad because when i go when i go downtown raleigh i don't turn on wilmington street anymore i like put it out of my mind as soon as they started gentrifying it and they tore down chavis heights i just stopped going down there and one day i did go and I drove down and I was I was literally going through memory lane of like the homeless shelter on the right hand side and going um, where Coca-Cola. Yep. And then there was the Winn-Dixie factory on the yep. side. And I remember my dad used to work there and it used to flood all the time. Yep. And I was thinking in my head, look at where they put most of us at, where it was flooding and very, yeah. like you said, cheap land. Yeah. But now they build it up. And you have these almost million-dollar homes, and absolutely, you have people driving Mercedes Benz and BMW, and you're like, back then people were just walking and trying to make it. Yeah. Everybody was on a, um, uh, their bikes or either foot. That was it. Yeah. The realization became, well, they survived here, so it can't be but so bad. Mm-hmm. And now they're thriving off of the right. backs of those who were just trying to survive. Absolutely, absolutely. <sighs> Wow, you, you got me really thinking about memory lane right now. That's why my, my homie told me, he was like, oh, you from real Raleigh? Absolutely. I was from here when, when there's none of this. Mm-hmm. None of it. And now you got this um, soccer complex stadium thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think it's gentrified now, wait till that starts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you have places like Red Hat move in town. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's already it's over now. It, all the people who are surviving are now going to be displaced because mm-hmm. most of them are generations who have been in the projects. They don't yep. know anything different, and they yep. obviously can't afford eight hundred thousand dollars if they're staying in the projects. Nope. <laughs> so nope. it, it's going to be interesting interesting to see where does that culture end up when it's no longer in Raleigh. Where does that now go? Where does that subculture go? Where do you think it's going to go? Um, so when you start looking at what they, what they're doing and how they're doing without even going to the, the meetings, right? You got Raleigh building up and they're building up in downtown and in those project areas, right? Mm-hmm. So then they also extending 540. So they're doing the Garner, mm-hmm. they're doing a few they're doing the Apex, they're doing, they're doing all this. Even on the North side, you got Wakefield and all that. It's going to eventually to the point where you will have to move north side so, so north side was the where everybody stayed the wealthy yeah. right 
So now it's going to change. The wealthy are going to start doing the, the south downtown and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually, those people displaced are going to move to those apartments on the north side, which was at one point in time high value and all that good stuff. However, even with that, they're still not going to be able to afford it. They're going to have to keep going out and out further to the country. Little places like Coates, little places um, like Selma. Like <laughs> they're going to have to go out there because you're, you're not going to be able to afford it. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot about those little towns now that you really mentioned them. I mean, what their population, probably less than 400 people. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of access to the things that we have here, especially tr- public transportation. So just imagine right. how that'll be. Mm-hmm. So one thing I do love about you is your love of words and mottos. What's your favorite quote and motto or motto, I should say? Um, I mean, you know my quote. My quote is um, opinions like an asshole. Everybody got one. <laughs> and, um, and as my mama would say, she will finish it all. And most of the time they're full of shit. <laughs> That is your uh, mama right there. Yeah. So, um, but that, yeah, that's really, that's really kind of what, what I go by as far as my quote and even life, because at the end of the day, you, you have a life to live, right? Mm-hmm. You can't live it for nobody else. You can't live it on nobody else's terms, even though we have certain things we have to abide by what, but nobody opinion of you, what you are, what you do, what you want to do. None of that, none of that matters. What like I tell my daughter, like all the time, even we talk about emotions, whatever, the world don't care about your emotions, mm. but you are entitled to your emotions. Mm-hmm. So the world, you shouldn't necessarily care about nobody's opinions. What do you want to do? It, it's interesting you talk about emotions because the key element in emotion is motion. Yeah. And it's important that you feel your emotion and you find healthy ways to uh, express it. But you, yeah. like you said, you're entitled to have an emotion, but you need to have motion with it. What do you do yeah. when, once you're angry, say you're angry, let's get through the anger. What are we going to do with that though? Exactly. What's next? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and your favorite word. Favorite word. Um I got a lot, but I say clearly all the time uh, between clearly and facts, um, because when, even when I have conversations, I try to make sure most conversations are meaningful. But when when I agree with somebody, I let them know that I agree with them by saying clearly or facts. You affirm them. Yeah. Good. My go to words. <laughs> now, speaking <laughs> of words, uh, do you know the meaning of your name, Tyree or McLaughlin? Um, I think I do. At, at one time, I did some research. I think I was in middle school about my, my name and whatever. And it came up something about midnight. But I really don't remember. But it was something about midnight. <laughs> okay. Or my first name. Um, well, I, you know me. I'm nosy. I want to know what words mean. <laughs> and I think the greatest uh, thing about us as, as children is our parents give us the first meaning of life with our name. Our name yeah. is our meanings. So your first name, when I did some research, um, it came up saying that it had no origin. And I was like, oh, I don't believe that. Because if you're saying it has no origin, you're meaning that this person means nothing. So I'm going to dig more. So I came up with, um, actually, first part came up saying it was a derivative of Tyrone. Mm. Okay, so I dug some more. And so in that, it's when I actually went, the surname Tyree 
comes from either Scotland or Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it means the son of a carpenter. <laughs> okay, so that I thought I said, okay, you know what? I like how this is going. So <laughs> McLaughlin, which means son of Glochlin. What does Glochlin mean? Its origins comes again from Scotland or Ireland, and it means the son of many lakes. Hmm. And I thought it was very fitting to you. <laughs> Because as a carpenter, we know that is someone who is creative with their hands. They're a master in their craft. And Mm -hmm. it took me back to Wells Fargo when I first met you as a team lead. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that you did with us was when we had a question, even if you didn't know the answer, you made sure to get the answer for us, show us where that resource came from, and also build our knowledge our knowledge base in the bankruptcy department. You yeah. sure you built a community of people who understood their knowledge, but you also were mastering your own craft that you would bring to us to make sure that we elevated at the same time. So I was like, that fits him. As far as the son of lakes, lake is water, body of water. And a lot of people believe water to be emotion. Mm. And so another thing I thought about was even when you were upset, you controlled your emotions. And most people don't understand when you're talking about a large body of water, if you don't respect water, you will be hurt. You have to understand how dangerous water can be. But water also is a reactor to different elements. Mm -hmm. So like if you're paying attention to the moon phases and things of that nature, or if there's a tsunami happening, that's because there was an earthquake somewhere else, it's a reactor. And if you don't understand what's happening, you're gonna say water's dangerous. Yeah. The respect and understanding of the knowledge of how water is. So I say all that to say, when it came to you with your emotions, I learned a lot in that aspect because you would have that mask on. It says, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good with you. But underneath it's like, nah, he really got some more he want to tell you, Yeah. but he going to hold it because of the, he understands how that emotion is yeah. going to vibe and how it's going to move the, the conversation properly. Yeah. Definitely. Man, once one of the things um kind of growing up growing up I never processed my emotions properly. Um mm-hmm. once I felt the emotion, I boom, I lash. Um and it's easy for people to show anger or whatever the case may be. But to your point, like you gotta understand what you're angry about and mm-hmm. then move forward. So it took me some time, which I'm even still learning how to um control your emotions and, and move through things because you can't react i mean you can but you shouldn't react to somebody else because that's somebody else giving you you're giving somebody else power over you should i say right so you have to still be able to control yourself in order to control the room um right. one as you know working in wells fargo as the uh, um lovely <laughs> Zeno would say uh dean joe corporate you know you <laughs> don't want to be the angry black man you don't want to be the angry black woman or whatever case may be even though you're you rightfully should be angry mm-hmm. however you still have to navigate that and and get your point across and just because you yell or whatever case may be that necessarily get your point across what i learned and come to find out once you like we were talking about before once you process your emotions mm-hmm. And you, you, now you got a, a, a sound state on why you feel the way you feel, what you feel should have happened. Once you are able to communicate that mm-hmm. effectively without even getting mad, when they know you're supposed to be mad, mm-hmm. 
that makes them feel uncomfortable. Yes. yes. So instead of doing what you're supposed to do because you're mad or whatever the case may be, they, for whatever reason, they can, they like that. But when you're supposed to be mad and you're not mad and you can articulate it, they don't know how to handle that. Well, it's, you know, it's it's not necessarily that, well, not it's not that they like it, but that's where their comfort level is, and they yeah. know how to predict that. They know how to predict yeah. the angry lady who's coming in the room and she's storming in and she's snapping her neck, and gonna, they know how yeah. to deal with that. They know that, but yeah. I'm like, no, ma'am, and I state straight facts, and I never yeah. change my tone. I'm straight eye contact with you. Oh, I'm a threat now. Yeah. How? How did I become a threat? And all I'm doing is talking and cordially being. We're just having a conversation. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, uncomfortable. I was going to ask you, go ahead. No, I was just saying that it makes them uncomfortable because they don't know, they don't know how to deal with it. Yes. Um, what tools have you been using to help you filter through your emotions? Has it been therapy? Has it been self-help books? Um, the crazy thing is, I did say, because mental health is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I did say that I was going to, um, you know, just go see therapy and just go have a conversation with somebody who don't know me. Just go, you know, have it, shoot the shit or whatever the case may be. Um, but actually, only thing I've really been doing, um, I do my prayers in the morning. Mm-hmm. I do my prayers at night. Um, I, If you call it meditation, right? Mm-hmm. I don't turn on anything. I sit here and I just, you know, just me and my thoughts. I just go through them. And then even when I do go outside and hit the trail or whatever, I just have a moment to myself um, and process maybe things from last week or whatever the case I may be thinking, just let it, let it filter out. Um, and that's really pretty much it. I really own, own my emotions. I got, I got away from the masculinity, no emotions, no cry, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever. I ain't even into that no more. Um, if I, if I feel it, I admit it. If you hurt my feelings, yo, you hurt my feelings. Yeah. If, if it's emotional, I feel like crying, I'm going to cry. Like I don't care what you feel about. That's a beautiful it's, thing. It's, it's, it's just accepting the fact that we are human. You are allowed to have emotions. Yes. And I, I love that you said that because a lot of men, black men especially, have been told, shut up. You boys don't yeah. cry. Um, and if they cry, they may get a spanking or a beating. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um, or they're shunned. Like as soon as they have any emotion, it's just literally lights out you know what i'm saying you don't speak anymore and so then we wonder why our men come in and so when they get angry they don't say anything they just sit there. Yeah. um yeah. and then they lash out in unhealthy ways be it that they're in a, a relationship and they may cheat mm-hmm. and sometimes when men cheat they're not even it's not a sexual thing it's really they just want someone to talk to who listens to them absolutely and a lot of our women black women um have learned to shut men down because they saw that's what their mother did to their father. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you would come in the room as a boyfriend to somebody and first thing, I don't want to hear that. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that means he's not going to talk to you anymore, right? Because yeah. you've already shut him down and he doesn't feel safe anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's cheating starts, Go ahead. cheating starts with, with conversation and comfort. Yes. Who can I confide in? Yeah. Um, and then even like you talk about, so, I was raised by, like, and I tell everybody, I was raised by a single woman. I was raised by a strong woman. Um, women say you can't raise a man. To me, that's bullshit. You know what type of man you want. You know what type of man you 
should have and all that good stuff. So you can definitely raise a man. Um, my mom came through her own trials and tribulations. So she raised me to be um, aware. She raised me to be tough and stern. She raised me to be um, emotionless because things she went through in life, whatever case may be. Um, it helped me. It, it helped me really get through life. I can't, I won't even deny it. However, it, it did cause me to maturate with my emotions later though, because before I was not in tune with those emotions. Mm. I was just, life is, is hard. Life is difficult. Whatever case may be, take it on a chin, keep moving. Don't, you don't show emotions. You don't, nothing. You, you really have to be on your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my sister comes along and my mom, she's, she's growing up or she's changing. So now she's changing the way she reason my sister so i'm seeing this type of thing um and again not that it was wrong but she was trying she was raising a man Mm -hmm. with her emotional baggage what she went through in life um and the best way she knew how Mm -hmm. but never raised me to be disrespectful never raised me to be no goon or none of that stuff or whatever i kind of learned some stuff on my own but (laughs) uh it really the, the way, and I tell everybody this, right? When it comes to raising kids. Yes, there's two people that it takes to have a kid, right? The father is important as well as the mother is important. However, we keep wanting to rely on this number 50-50 so much. Mm-hmm. In all actuality, that is not true. The father is important. Mm-hmm. He is. But that mother is that nurture. Mm-hmm. You don't have that good nurture, whether it be 60%, 70% when you want to put a number on it. If that nurturer is not there and present or lacking, that child is screwed. Mm. Daddies, I guess what somebody say, mama's baby, pop maybe. Daddies, we can come and go. We can teach a lesson here and there, whatever. Came. We're only really there for the, the boundaries, the discipline, per se. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that nurture is what what will guide you through life and mm-hmm. if that part's missing i don't care if dad missing or not but hey loves to hear and see the rest of this interview and much more join us on podia podia is a members only platform that provides a community environment in helping others to find their voice and navigate this thing called life our members gain full access to the entire guest interviews self-help materials and so much more to sign up Please follow us on Instagram at Acme Mindset. And in our bio, you will find the link. I can't wait to see you there. Namaste.